Wow, good morning. Good to see everyone here this morning. First of all, I'd like to say what a wonderful job our young man just done right there. It is, it's so good to see and to know that the future of the church, that's the future right there. And they've done an amazing, amazing job. So just great, great job for them this morning. It's That right there starts at home. It starts with with the parents raising your children up right. And Austin done a wonderful job uh, as their youth minister uh, helping teach them. But all that starts at home with the parents. And I'm so grateful that we got parents, of uh, uh, good Christian parents, to, to help lead our homes. And uh, it's evident in that. And I'm so grateful uh, to witness that this morning. So... Uh, sorry to say that I gotta b- go after that because uh, they did such a wonderful job that I'm sorry you stuck with me this morning. But uh, we're gonna continue our series uh, this morning. Uh, it's starting from Second Peter one through five. Second uh, Peter uh, first chapter five through eleven, and this is what our summer series has been based on uh, this this past few weeks. It says, for this very reason, make every effort to su- supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the, law- in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to conform your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. You will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, we're going to talk about a more excellent way. And this morning, we're going to talk about love. I had no idea when I started studying for this lesson about how important love is in our spiritual walk with God. It pretty much, it's everything. It's the whole foundation of our spiritual being. It starts with love because God first loved us. God sent His Son. Jesus died for us because of His love for us. And we're in return supposed to show that same love that Christ so eloquently lived His life. We're supposed to share that same love that He had for us. So this this morning, uh, we're going to talk about love. There's a story told a few years ago about an actor who was in a play of The Passion of the Christ. So this actor was was in the scene of when he was going up to the mountain, he was carrying the cross, and this heckler comes up to him. And as he was walking, the heckler was calling him names and calling him insults. And finally, the man that's playing Jesus just had all he could take. So he walks over there and just punches that heckler. Well, after the play was over, the director went to the, the man that was playing Jesus, and he said, Sir, we're going to have to fire you. He said, we just can't have anybody uh, playing Jesus like that and going around hitting people. We just can't do that. 
So the actor begged and begged and begged. Say, hey, just give me one more chance. I, I promise I can control myself. So next day he agrees. So the next day he goes and and just just like the day before, though Heckler was back. As the the actor that's portraying Jesus carries his cross up the hill, that Heckler just continues to, to call him name and insults. And finally after the actor had all he could do, he just he just controlled it all and gritted his teeth and clenched his fists, but he just, instead of this time going down and hitting him, he goes down to him and says, I'll see you after the resurrection. So, sometimes I can see that in me. You know, uh, for the most part, I try to do right. For the most part, you know, I, I try to live a godly life. I try to do things that, that is right. But there's times in our lives that, that people get under our skins, Right. They kind of, they pressure us and push us and push us and to a point where, you know, this guy right here, I'm pretty calm for the most part. But when I get to that point where I'm mad, you know, I, I'm sort of like that guy. I want to hit you. But, so I, I can understand that. But, you know, as Christians, as we profess to be Christians, there's a more excellent way. We try to bear our crosses. We try to do good. If someone comes for us, we sometimes we just lose our composure from time to time. Same much way that uh, just happened in that story. But the Bible teaches that we're supposed to be a people who exercise love in everything that we do. It says, Ephesians 4.2, it says, but be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. Notice it didn't just say, be humble and gentle. It said, be complete. What's completely mean? To be completely humble and gentle. It means with everything within us, right? Everything with our head to our toes, our body, everything that is within us, we can be completely humble and gentle. And it's talking to here, and it's talking here to the church at Ephesus for Christians that as we strive and work with each other, that we're completely to be humble and gentle, bearing one another in love. It also says in Hebrews 12, 4, it says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, pretty much these two passages say the same thing. Sometimes you know it's difficult, and everyone's not easy to love, but if possible... It says we need to live with peace and harmony with everyone. The first scripture is pretty much talking about Christians in the church. In Hebrews, it's talking about living with peace in all men. And that's what we need to do as Christians, not only in the church, but also out in the, in the, in the world. We need to make sure that we live at peace with everyone. The importance of love in our lives... Paul is telling us this morning we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 3. And he's going to tell us, he's going to tell us another way. Virtually a way for every situation, and that is the way of love. He points out that love is very important, but it's more important than four other things that we're going to consider and talk about today. First of all, Paul says that love is more important than spiritual gifts. 
It says in verse 1 here, in 13, uh, verse 1, it says, If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. On the day of Pentecost, the Lord blessed the apostles with the ability to speak in tongues and speak in languages that they even never heard of. It was a special gift. So the reason they'd done that was because there was many nations there. So everyone there could understand the gospel that was being taught to them. But here it says, Paul says, God gave them the gift. If they could speak every human language possible and have not love, there would be nothing more than a noisy gong or cymbal. So in other words, you're just out there making a lot of noise. People can't understand you. Love is the reason that they're able to, to reach these people. Here Paul's even saying, so if, if we have people that's so blessed and they can speak ever eloquent language, if they don't have love, it's useless. See, love is more important than any spiritual gift. Also here in verse 2, it says, If I have the gift of prophecy and fathom all mysteries and knowledge, but have not love, I am nothing. So love is more important than knowledge. Paul says if you know everything there is to know about this world, if you know everything about nuclear medicine, if you know everything about psychology, sociology, if you know everything about everology that there ever was, but you don't have love, it means you are nothing. It means you're nothing at all. Why do you say that? Because in 1 Corinthians 8, 1, it says knowledge puffs up. You ever been around anybody who thinks they know everything? Yep, I have. We all know we probably immediately we, we think of that person around there. They think they know it all. But the Bible tells us that knowledge puffs up but love builds up. So I don't think we need to have more. It's great to have knowledge, but we need to have more love with the knowledge that we have. If we're ever going to change society, it's going to have to start with the heart, and it's going to have to start with love first. Thirdly, Paul says, love is more important than faith. I didn't say that it's not, faith is not important. I want to understand that. Faith is very important. But it's going to say here that love is more important than faith. 1 Corinthians 13, 2, it says, If I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. You know, I've read this many, many times, and for some reason, some things, it takes a while to sink in for me. That's a very powerful statement. You can have all the faith in the world that can move a mountain, but if you don't have love, it says you are nothing. So what is our faith? What do we believe for sure this morning? Do we believe that God created this universe, this world? Do we believe that He gave His only begotten Son to us? Do we believe that Jesus come and lived the perfect life that He did? Do we believe that, that He took up his cross and was beaten. He was scourged. Do we believe he hung on that cross on his own free will? He chose us to stay on that cross. 
and He died for us for our sins? Do we believe that He was put in a tomb and on the third day that He rose? I do. Do we believe He's right now up in heaven on the right hand of God? And if He's on the right hand of God right now, He is preparing a place for us. And do we believe that He's going to come back one day? In a nutshell, that is our faith. Our faith is in Jesus Christ. But it also says, our faith has no value if we do not love. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan, of the priest and the Levite. The Jew was probably going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he got attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, took everything he had. So the the priest and the Levite, they come one right after another. The priest come through and seen him laying there and walked on the other side of the road. A few moments later, the Levite come through, done the same thing, seen that he was beaten, didn't have anything. They took everything that he had, and he walked on the other side of the road. But a good Samaritan come along. You know, Samaritans and Jews doesn't really doesn't like each other in those times. So it, that Samaritan at that time could have just easily walked on by and seen that Jew in the ditch. But it said the Samaritan had compassion for this man. So he took him, he took him to the end and he, he, he took care of his wounds and put oil on him and told the innkeeper, here's so much money to take care of him. And if this ain't enough, I'll come back and pay you more. See, sometimes we as Christians... We're like that priest and Levite. Sometimes we see people in need and see people that need our help or need a blessing. And sometimes we just kind of walk on the other side and, and just let them go by the wayside. But we need to be more like the Samaritan that's willing to come and help and do whatever we can to love. And it's a, it starts in the heart. So, yes, faith is important. But faith is nothing without love. In Galatians 5, 6, it says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Notice it didn't say the only thing that counts is faith. we got to put that end in there. Expressing itself through love. So, love is nothing. Faith is nothing without love. Fourthly, love is more important than generosity. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13.3, If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body and but have not love, I gain nothing. Notice it didn't say if I just gave 10%. Notice it didn't say if I, if I cashed in all my insurance policy, cashed all my bank accounts, and I gave it all to the poor. It says you gain nothing if you don't do it out of love. You see, generosity by itself is not enough. You know, we all get those calls from time to time. It may be from the State Trooper Association. It may be American Red Cross or it may be Girl Scouts. Or it could be whatever. We all get calls. And, and it's good that we can help those different things. But if we give because, well, I want others to, to see what I'm giving. So, yeah, I want to make myself look good. That's not giving. That's giving in vain. 
So we got to give from the heart. It starts with love. Why do we give? Do we give because Blake preaches a lesson on stewardship? Why do we do it? It's because we should love. And it's not because that we want to do something that, that shows that look what I'm doing. It needs to come from the heart. We need to love because we need to love for not only God, we need to love for God's people. And it starts with the heart. So Paul is saying, love is more important than spiritual gifts. Love is more important than knowledge. Love is more important than our faith. And love is more important than generosity. So how do we practice this love in our everyday life? So obviously, love is important, right? It may even be more important than I ever realized. Uh, listen to what uh, Jesus says here in John thirteen thirty four: A new commandment that I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Notice that Jesus said that love, this is a commandment, not a suggestion. And God never commands us to do something we cannot do. We think, when we think of love, what do we think sometimes? We think that we fall in love like we fall into a ditch sometimes. Sometimes we think of love, that we fall out of love like we fall out of a tree. It's just the world teaches that's just what love is. But the Bible teaches something different. The Bible teaches something that, that love is something that we can control. It's something that we, that we aspire to do. It's something that we want to do. So I can choose to love you. The Bible says you must love. So I have that choice. Right? I have the choice to love you and you have the choice to love me. The Bible teaches us we must love. Now, what kind of love is being talked about? Here in Philippians 2.4, it says, Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interest of other words. Pretty much what it's saying is that pretty much love like Jesus loved us. Think about others and their interests, just like you think about yourself and your interests. You become unselfish. Now we can apply that in several different areas. First of all, it would be great that we could start this work in the family. Let's start this at home. Every family, we have families all represented here that makes up this spiritual body. What if every family here this morning said today, we're going to go home and we're going to practice this love. Let's start with our spouses. How you should love your spouse the most, right? Besides God and Jesus, you should love your spouse more than anything on this earth. Why don't we start there? Why don't we be better husbands to our wives? We be more gentler. Why don't we be a better wife to our husbands? Why don't we show that first? Then as our children see that the love that we have for each other as husband and wife and mom and dad that love each other, that spills over to our children, right? And our children sees how much we love them. The next thing you know, that spills over to our church family. When, when our family loves each other, each other and they're showing love to one another, we come to church and we show that same love to each other. 
then what if the church family takes that love with each other and we go out into community and we share the love of Jesus throughout community? That's the way that we're going to know that Christ... That's the way the public out here is going to know that the message of Christ is valid. It's through our love for each other and for the love of Jesus. What kind of burdens is people carrying? This morning we have several people, I know this in this audience, it may be you, we we all have burdens that we're carrying right now. Do we care enough or love each other enough to say, hey, I know that person over there having a rough time right now. You know, it may be nothing but a simple word of encouragement. It may be something that you send them a card. It may be something that they made some, you know, uh, 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 monetary donation to help them get over a hump. It may just be that you need to pray with them. But all it takes is just a little effort and a little love to show some time and say, hey, brother, sister, I'm here for you. What can I do for you this morning? How can I make your situation better? And a lot of times they'll say, you know, a lot of times they may... They may not need anything. They just need your encouragement and your encouragement to them. So this morning, I want us to try to put this love that we have for an example. It's more important than we ever realized. You know, as I started studying this, the first thing I'd done when they told Blake told me that I was going to be speaking on love, I just went through and I, I looked up every verse that I could on love. And there was so many, I started writing them down. And I ended up with about 40 or 50 that I wrote down. And I got to study more and more. There is so much. Everything about our faith is on the foundation of love. Everything. And it just shows this morning as we've been studying, without love, our faith is nothing. Here's a story this morning about this man right here, Doug Nicholas. He was a missionary. His name was Doug Nicholas. And uh, he went to India. And he was just starting his study over there, and he developed tuberculosis. And he had to be put in a sanitarium. And if you know anything about a sanitarium, especially in India, it's not a really great place to be. It's very dirty, filthy. A lot of patients just kind of stack like cordwood. So he was kindly discouraged because he got this tuberculosis. So he was going over there to be a missionary. Well, this he was put in this sanitarium, and there were so many sick people. Well, he kind of had a language barrier. He was trying to study the language, but as he got sick, he didn't he didn't understand the language very well. So him being positive, he tried to go in there. Well, I'm just going to hand out these tracts and these books, and you know, I'm just going to try to interact with people well no he gave all he tried to give tracts and books and bibles and all that and nobody would take them and he was like he's got very discouraged and he's like all this that i've worked so hard to get to india for and now it's just all the nothing because i'm sick i'm in the hospital and i'm trying to hand all this stuff out but nobody wants to to take so one night he woke up about two o'clock in the morning he had severe coughing with his tuberculosis. 
and he noticed a man in, in the other side of the room. And he was just rocking back and forth, curled up in a ball, then he would try to explode, and he would try to get out of his bed, and he couldn't get out of his bed. And he didn't know what was wrong with that guy, but he noticed he just he, he couldn't be still. Well, the next morning, when the doctors and nurses come in, he understood why. See, that gentleman, he was so weak that he couldn't get out of bed, and he had to go to the restroom. And the air smelled with stench because the gentleman used the bathroom on himself. And he tried to get up out of bed, and he couldn't get up out of bed. And the nurses were so mad that they had to clean up after him. You know, the doctors was upset with him. They're trying to control him. And one of the nurses even, he said, one of the nurses even slapped the old man because they were so disgusted that he, he wet the bed. All that man did was just lay back and wept because he was hopeless. There's nothing that he could do. He tried to get up, and he couldn't. So the next night, rocked on. And um, Mr. Doug, again, woke up about 2 a.m. He was coughing once again. And he noticed across the room, that same man was doing the exact same thing. It was all he could do. He was trying to get out of that bed. He was struggling. He was rolled up in a ball. He was trying to explode so he can get out of that bed. And he couldn't. Doug said he didn't want to, but he found the strength of himself. He was sick, but he found the strength to get out of bed himself. So he walked over there to that man. And he finally helped that man out of that bed. And when he got him up, he stood him up. And the man was so weak, he couldn't stand and he couldn't walk. So, Mr. Nichols said that he picked him up and carried him like a baby. And he carried him to the bathroom. Which in India, the bathroom was no more than a hole in the middle of the ground. And he said that he set him down and he got behind him and held him up where the guy could use the bathroom. So after that, he picked him back up and he carried him all the way back to his room. He set him in the bed, and he got him laid down, and that old man grabbed him by his cheeks, and he pulled him down, and he gave him him a kiss on the cheek. And he said he said something in a foreign language that he didn't know, but he knew it meant thank you. The next day, after that happened, the next day, when he woke up, there was patients waiting for him to wake up. All of a sudden, they wanted to know about this God and this Jesus Christ that he's been trying to share with others. They want to know about this Jesus that gave his life for them who, who, who delivers us from all sin. They was interested in that. He said the next few weeks after all that, he gave out every bit of his literature. He gave out every book that he had. He gave out all the audio that he had. He said even some of the doctors and nurses began to know Jesus because of that act. A man, think about this, a man that cannot speak a lick of Indian 
and had that kind of power, that impact. So, this morning, this is what he said. He said, what did I do? He said, I didn't preach a sermon. He said, I couldn't even communicate well in their language. He said, I didn't have a brilliant lesson that I could teach them or even wonderful things to show them. He said, all I did was take an old man to the bathroom. And anyone can do that. That's what he said. Pretty much the summary of this is, I want everybody to understand, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Say that one more time. People does not care what you know until they know how much you care. This morning, there is a more excellent way. And that way is love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Would you pray with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for everyone here this morning. Father, we're so grateful for young men and what they, in our worship that we had this morning. We're so blessed to have them, Father. We're so grateful for their effort and their time that they spent. That was such an encouragement to us, Father. Father, we're so thankful for, for Jesus. Father, we're grateful for the love that He had for us. Father, we're grateful for, for Him willingness to, to come to this world and to, to live a perfect life and set the example of how we should live. Father, I pray that we will strive to be more loving in everything we do, Father. Father, we understand today that love is a very important. Without love, we're nothing, Father. And, and I pray this morning as we, we are Christians here at Rainbow that we will strive to love more every day, that we'll take the time to, to, to love one another, to bear each other's burdens, to be there for each other, Father, to help one another. Just help us to, to love more be more compassionate for each other. We're just so thankful for Rainbow and this congregation and and pray that you will continue to, to bless this church as we continue to strive to do your will, Father. Father, we, we know there are ones that are out there this morning hurting and they have burdens that we want to lift up to you this time, Father. You know their needs and you know their burdens. And Father, we just pray that that you will help them and bless them as only as you can, Father. And help us, Father, to understand and when we see someone that that needs our help, and that we will act upon it and show love to one to another. Father, just thank you for the love of Jesus. Be with us as we depart and bring us back to the next appointed time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.